At DraftKings.com, you don't need to come in first place to cash in. The player finished 800th in Week 1's biggest fantasy football contest, took home 100 bucks. This weekend, DraftKings is hosting another huge fantasy contest with over $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. DraftKings is the destination for one-week fantasy football. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want with the players you want. Just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. Want to play with your family, friends, coworkers? You can do that too, and you can find out who the superior GM really is. Whatever your level of fantasy expertise, DraftKings has something for everyone. So don't wait. Get to DraftKings.com now and choose your players for this weekend's contest. Enter promo code FTW and you can play for free with your first deposit. That's promo code FTW to play for free for your share of over $1 million in total prizes this weekend. Only at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, this is Nate Scott, and this is the For the Win podcast. You're home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports. It is a special edition of the podcast today. My guest is Travis Rice, a world-renowned snowboarder who is promoting his new film, The Fourth Phase, one of the most ambitious and visually stunning snowboarding films ever made, if not the most ambitious and visually stunning snowboarding film ever made. Um, it's being released on Red Bull TV on October 2nd. There's a worldwide watch party on Red Bull TV at 9 p.m. And then it's available everywhere, iTunes, all that good stuff on October 3rd. Uh, we did the interview outside at the Highland Hotel in New York, so you are going to hear a little bit of background noise, and I apologize for that. But uh, uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. Really interesting discussion about the future of snowboarding, the future of filmmaking, uh, travel and adventure filmmaking, um, and the story he wanted to tell with this movie. So hope you enjoy it, and uh, we'll check back soon. Hey everyone, Nate Scott here from USA Today Sports for the win, joined by Travis Rice. We're here in New York City at the Highline Hotel. Is that what this place is called? I yes. believe so. Um, sitting out in the back, beautiful day in New York. Travis has a film coming out called The Fourth Phase that is going to change everything, right? Something like that? Yep, I believe it's going to solve all the world's problems. <laughs> um, so we're here to talk about this film. I haven't seen it yet. I'm seeing it tonight. I'm so excited. It is the New York premiere. Um, first, let's talk about this film. You guys started filming 2013, 2014. How long has this been going on? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been almost four years of uh, production on this thing. So mm -hmm. no, short, no short game here. We're in, we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the title fourth phase it's a bit of a metaphor it's on the uh, Dr. Gerald Pollack who did a study into hydrology and the basis of water and how there is not just gas and uh, ice and water there's actually a fourth phase of water um, you saw the TED talk was it just was, were you just like this is the metaphor this is it or what what struck you about it well I think what I, I think what I liked so much about it was, you know, we we went into this film after years and years of of, of kind of preparation. You mm -hmm. know, we always wanted to make a film about water and our interrelationship with it, 
Um, but being a snowboarder, we're very uh, dependent on it and you know, inevitably we are trying to find our pace with kind of the biorhythms of weather and the planet. And um, it's always been a very uh, interesting field as we are uh, kind of, you know, pursuers of this hydrological cycle. And so, uh, you know, the plan to attempt and actually take a downstream approach to where our weather comes from in North America and seeing as how we're in Wyoming on the Continental Divide. Yep. And we're kind of at the furthest reaches of this uh, you know, reciprocating cycle that is the North Pacific. So we wanted to follow the water and more than even that, follow the energy, which ended up taking us uh, kind of around the North Pacific. And so while we set out on this kind of big picture macro goal, um, you know, ended up stumbling, doing some research on Dr. Joe Pollock's work and his book, The Fourth Phase of Water, uh, within it he basically breaks down what uh, so many scientists have hypothesized for 150 years that, you know, there is uh, there's anomalies, there are these things that have been unsolvable within science, science of water. And so finally he kind of was able to, over 20 years of work, um, put out a uh, this idea and break down what the science of the fourth phase of water is and for us you know seeing as we've looked at this big macro system and then looking a little deeper into you know the microscopic system of the fourth phase of water which essentially is supporting cell life supporting life itself and kind of breaks down the intricacies and so I think what we really liked what I liked about it and like you said the metaphor of it was you know, you take a glass of water, right? It's, it's something that we've, we've all <laughs> taken a look, we, we interact with it every day, and it's so easy to just, that's ah, water, I know water. Yeah. But the fact that there is actually so much more going on, there's so much more than meets the eye, um, yeah, that metaphor was the reason we named the film that, as well as the bonus fact that uh, this is also our fourth film, yeah. which is kind of just tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> little bonus. Um. Well, what I, yeah, and I love that about the metaphor too, not, not having seen the film, but I am excited to see it tonight. Um, but I do love this idea that uh, something that seems so knowable to us is actually completely unknowable to us. And water is the most obvious thing in the world. We all think we know what it is. It's actually completely a mystery. And uh, I don't know, I think relays if, you know, you tracing this cycle and, and going on this sort of systemic approach to following water around the world. I think it's really cool that, um, you know, it, there's this big picture, but at the very small level, like, we still don't even know what water is, you know? Like, that's, yeah. it's cool. It's really cool. <laughs> um, wanted to talk about the guys uh, featured in this film. It, it's kind of got an Ocean's Eleven feel where you've got some of the established guys and then yep. you're bringing in some of the young guns. who. Who were you bringing in that uh, you were excited about, who, who maybe you didn't know very much about beforehand? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for a long time, I've, I think I've gotten the majority of my inspiration from within snowboarding from yep. the next generation. Um, the guys that come in, you know, still have that freaking hunger and are taking snowboarding to a whole nother level. Um, and so for us, some of the guys that we brought in, uh, everyone from the young kid, Cam Fitzpatrick, kind of third generation, Jackson Hole native, um, to got a guy named Ben Ferguson, who's in it, who's just, I mean, I think, uh, you know, true like rookie of the year contender. And, um, we've also got uh, Mikkel Bang, uh, Norwegian, who came with us to Japan. Uh, we've got uh, Victor De La Rue, 
a guy I was really excited to have come on board. And, you know, all these guys, you know, while, you know, I, I, I might have picked up the phone and asked him to come be a part of the film, um, they're really responsible for, you know, it's because of what they're doing within snowboarding. They were mm -hmm. just kind of the natural, a natural fit. Like even yeah. kind of taking credit for, for bringing them on, it was more, it was more an honor to, to yeah. be able to call them and they were just the natural fit. I mean, guys like Victor De La Rue, you know, he's really one of, one of a few in the world that is, you know, progressive freestyle rider. Um, everything from, you know, he puts out jibbing parts in the street, uh, competition and the fact that he has big mountain experience. Um, his older brother, Xavier De La Rue, is a pretty infamous kind of one of the gnarlier big mountain snowboarders in the world. And I think he's gotten a lot of a lot of that from his brother. So that's an honor to have some of these guys in, involved with the film because it's the next generation. You know? Yeah, they're always going to take what what we've done to a whole nother level. So it's fun to be able to um, I don't know pass down some experience and get them out into places that I don't think they've really been in before. Yeah. So is that I mean I, I do want to talk to you about sort of the, the future. of snowboarding films, because uh, that's been something I'm, I've been really interested about for a while, but purely from a riding perspective, what's exciting you right now? Like, who like who do you think is doing things that, that you just never saw coming or, or is making you feel like, I mean, you're 33 now, that's sort of older in this in this world. Who, who's exciting you or, or what's exciting you, I guess, about snowboarding right now? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, strong believer, age is a state of mind. <laughs> I'm feeling young and spry. Still got some sprock left. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the beauty of snowboarding is it's it's really multidimensional. There's so many different uh, you know ways to approach it, and I mean, I think you know you have to start this conversation with uh, honoring what the the freestylers are doing. I mean, the triple corks, back to back, quad corks. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's nuts. Like, you know, did I? You know, I always tried to never put a limiter on. You know like what is possible yeah. within snowboarding because I think, uh, you know, to limit it is, you know, to judge anything kind of impossible or improbable is kind of, I think, just a lack of creativity. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited to see what these guys, you know, who are in their, tw you know, early 20s right now, especially the, even the next generation, 16 and up, who are kind of just coming into this uh, new freestyle, uh, revolution really I, I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys are able to do when they take their freestyle prowess and know-how into natural riding situations yeah. um, look I come from a freestyle background and you know uh, the Olympic um, sports in the sense with half pipe uh, slope style big air this type of thing I mean it's not going anywhere um, but what I really do see happening in snowboarding is uh, you know, kind of a, a next evolution of, of what snowboarding contest is. And honestly, we did a competition called the, the Supernatural, mm -hmm. uh, Red Bull Supernatural up at uh, Baldface Lodge up in British Columbia a couple years ago. We did it for two seasons, and I really, I really believe that this is kind of the, the prototype, uh, like the beta version for the, the future of the highest echelon of competitive snowboarding. I, I really think that that is where it's inevitably headed, and mm -hmm. it's been headed in that direction for, uh, for a long time. Do you, do you make much of this sort of idea of style versus substance, that this idea that these guys are just they're turning into gymnasts out there and they're just spinning and flipping a thousand times and, and, and 
sort of losing its soul, or do you think that that's actually progressive in a way and, and kind of well, pushing the sport forward? I mean, look, I think it's totally progressive in a way. I think it is pushing the sport forward. I think it gets a bad rap because as snowboarding gets more technically, you know, as it more technically develops, mm -hmm. and inevitably, you know, it's always been about tricks. And what are tricks but, you know, something to add on to? Yeah. And so, you know, I think it's tough to, I think it's tough to give them any shit. You know, these yeah. kids are doing triple corks and quad corks because, man, that's just the natural progression. Mm -hmm. You know, one more rotation, one more flip. I think what's beauty, what's beautiful about it is, is these kids who are doing these tricks and kind of get a bad rap is just being these, you know, robots that come from gymnastic backgrounds mm -hmm. such as this. I, I think what you don't see is actually how, how amazing their board control is. Like, go follow, go follow one of these kids <laughs> around the mountain. No jumps. Um, I've been blown away. I mean, they have incredible style. Their, uh, their edge control is next level. I mean, the, they're able to do the tricks they're doing because at the root of it, they're really, really good snowboarders. Yeah. And so I think it's hard for an audience to, to make a connection, right? You, you watch a contest um, these days and you see you know, the triples and the quad court come out and uh, it's hard to process it. Yeah. It's hard for like, you know, a normal snowboarder to relate. And I think if anything, if there is any schism at all, it is that, you know, it used to be easy to relate when pros were doing backside sevens and front nines, because yeah. you kind of almost wrap your head around Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard with a, with a quad cork to kind of even understand yeah, what yeah, it yeah. takes to do that. Um, and so that's the other thing is that, you know, I, I really do think that there's going to be something more for these guys, because uh, you know, if you have something, uh, have a sport where you know, 23, 24 years old is kind of on the backside of yeah. uh, you know being able to do to opt you know, compete at the highest level, um, you know, snowboarding's always been about this longevity, about mm -hmm. uh, being able to you know go through a snowboarding career and, and touch on the many beautiful aspects of what what yeah. snowboarding's all about, and so. That's why I think that you know an event like the Supernatural, you know, taking taking the freestyle skills and a lifetime of what you've uh, you know, learned through different types of snowboarding, you know, how to draw a line down a mountain, you know, the the constant search for the perfect turn, the mm -hmm. zen, you know, just unwaiting, <laughs> just a single turn. I mean, it always comes back to me the fact that I still love to just make a turn on a snowboard. It's yep. really fun. We're going to get back to the conversation with Travis in just one second, but first wanted to tell you about Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, which proudly supports the For the Win podcast. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all this on phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com FTW. Again, it's quickenloans.com slash FTW, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. All right, let's get back to the interview. I want to, uh, the fourth phase, you know, 
um, we're similar ages. When we were growing up, a snowboard film was an event. It was something you got excited about. Um, you know, I, I still remember when The Resistance came out and I waited for the VHS to come in the mail and I had my friends over to watch it and it, you know, it was like, it was a real, it was a real thing. Um, we kind of got away from that for, for a few years with YouTube and just pushing out parts constantly and getting stuff out, getting stuff out. Um, are you excited that there seems, I mean, your film's definitely kind of an exception, but that there seems to be a return to sort of this idea of, of a snowboard film as an event? I mean, I, I, I think you said it very well. Um, you know, inevitably, <laughs> the way we digest, yeah. you know, media has, has evolved. And it seems, no matter what it is, there's always like a couple steps forward and then, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, check yourself, step back. And I think if anything, um, you know, you do, you know, it is in a step back phase. There's a couple pretty incredible films coming out this year. Um, you know, uh, amongst ours. You know, I'm really looking forward to, actually, Full Moon Project. Uh, it's a two years uh, all-girls film. Awesome. It's, they're, on, they're doing a premiere tour right now. Um, you know, Nicholas Mueller's got a film coming out uh, in the near future for the foreign scene. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful blend, because there's a lot of pros to, you know, seeing the creativity that comes with putting together these, you know, straight to, you know, straight to internet release. Yeah. And so I think it allows, it allows some people more freedom, mm -hmm. you know, where they might have, you know, years ago just been sucked into this like three minute, you know, doesn't even do it justice type segment. Now, you know, you can actually tell more of a story and backstory that same writer can put together a 10 minute, you know, this was my season. Here's like the intricacies, get mm -hmm. to know this person a little bit more. So I think that's kind of the beautiful side to it. Um, the other side is kind of, yeah, our approach, which was, okay, we're going old school. We're not telling anybody what it is we're doing. We went full media blackout for almost three years. Mm -hmm. And we just wanted to focus on trying to make something of substance and tell a little bit more of an honest story. Um, and I think, I think that that is something that, Will never, will never lose its appeal. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a project where you can, you know, you can really see the, the, the effort and the energy put in because it, it translates. It yeah. really does. And that was our goal with this film: is to put in so much time and effort into making a quality product. Yeah. Um, and uh, for everyone out there, October second, Red Bull is doing a worldwide watch party. Is that right? I mean, just yeah. So the, the interesting thing is we kind of start to blend, uh, just like you were saying, how people yeah. see these films. Um, you know, in years past, we've done this massive premiere tour around the world. And while we are doing a little bit of a premiere tour right now, um, the main focus was being able to premiere this thing to the world. So like you said, uh, there's a, there's a pre-show at 8.30 on October 2nd, and then the, the premiere itself is at 9 p.m. Um, it's time stamped across the whole country. Uh, and after that, um, yeah, it'll be available. Um, I'm super excited about it. Um, in this film, you did go a little more into you, uh, yourself. And just for everyone, it is on Red Bull TV. That's where you watch that, watch that on October 2nd. Um, 
I haven't seen it yet, but from what I've read, you, you do go into yourself a bit as the subject of the film. You know, you, what your sort of an emotional journey as well as just sort of a, a snowboarding journey. Was that interesting for you? You're also kind of directing this whole thing as it's happening. Was that hard to sort of surrender control a little bit and basically say like, all right, I'm going to stop being the director right now and be the subject and put myself out and kind of open myself up to the camera as opposed to controlling what the camera's filming? Um, yeah, I mean, look, we did have we did have a couple of great directors in mm -hmm. this film. Um, uh, this guy named J.K. Uh, Jonathan Klockowitz was the director for the majority of the film, and then we even had uh, Jimmy Chin uh, come in. He he worked with us, directed a couple of the shoots. Um, but in, in you know we a lot of us wear multiple hats. Yeah. Right. Like you know I, I direct certain elements of it. I help produce certain elements of it. Um, I'm also a writer as well as our filmers are all have you know multiple roles you know this film is much more of a you know look we, we've told the snowboarding story many yeah. times and we finished our last film the art of flight and we didn't really want to make the art of flight too you know if we were going to put this much time and effort in we wanted to focus on i think something that was a little more deep-rooted like something that told a little bit more of the story of, of why the backstory because mm -hmm. you know ultimately the snowboarding's fabulous. It's super fun, gets friends together, real experiences, mother nature, and that's why we do it. But snowboarding still is really just the vehicle. You know, snowboarding is like the excuse the, uh, you know, that allows you the opportunity to, to go outside, to go uh, get lost in winter, go find yeah. these, you know, beautiful places and beautiful experiences. And so I think we wanted to touch on um, some of those deeper rooted uh, connections. And, you know, I, I'd argue right now that action sports films are our version of the travel film, which people don't really, you know, they'll, they'll do National Geographic and stuff right now, but for my money, um, you know, John John Florence on the surfing side made an incredible, what I thought was a travel film this year, and it, and it sounds like, you know, you're following this, this hydrological cycle around the North Pacific. Um, was that something, I mean, is that something you're thinking about? Is, is, is the... Is the journey sort of what's exciting for you is or, or is it just about getting part to, to part I mean you know the, the journey has always been yeah the real substance um, you know it really has and, and for us with this film we wanted to you know we really took a different approach than we've taken in the past and we, we wanted to to give ourselves uh, sometimes months on end in a single location um, we weren't just chasing the right conditions. We were wanting to really understand the places that we went and kind of immerse ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. You know, the good, the bad, the challenging. Uh, we wanted it all because, you know, what is an experience, you know, what is it a real experience but, uh, you know, a full encompassing of, a, of any one place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, I think, at the end why I'm, I'm really grateful to you know, all the support from Rebel Media House and uh, my sponsors for allowing us the time to, to work on this. Yeah. Um, were you surprised by how patient they were? It's been a few years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I was actually. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough day and age where everything's got to be so, you know, quick serve here today, gone tomorrow. Um, being able to really have the time to explore. And through it, I, I feel... I feel it comes it comes off on on, on the screen. Um, 
you know, you, you really think feel kind of the process that we went through uh, to make this film. It, it, it's a documentary effort, right? We, we had a plan. Uh, you know, we had uh, these kind of ideals that led us on our journey, but I think one, one of the biggest takeaways for us was really just, you know, having to let go of expectations. Um, you know, expectations are, are ultimately a setup, and you cannot bring expectations when you're going to remote places um, because inevitably it's a setup for disappointment, for, yep. for feeling like things aren't happening the right way. You know, when you drop expectations, and simply allow you know what happens to happen and you know find all of the the beautiful things even in the little failures and things don't work out um, i think that's one thing that that helped us uh, stay positive through the end of this because this was by far the hardest project i think any of us have, yeah. have worked on speaking of things not working out you guys did get arrested at one point is that, <laughs> is that something that happened yeah pretty much <laughs> you could call it that detained um, yeah, we were detained for a while in Russia, um, and it was an interesting experience. And you know, I'll, I'll let you watch it in the film. But yeah. the funny backstory is, I actually just came from Moscow. Um, we did a premiere over there, and we met a couple kids while we were on our trip there. This one, and you know, this is like two or three years ago now. Um, and one of the kids that we met um, ended up taking a boat. I uh, had to take a helicopter, get on a train. It took him like three days to travel to Moscow now. From Kamchatka, Russia to Moscow, I think it's like eight or nine time zones wow. away. So this kid shows up, no ticket or anything, just knew where we, where we were going to be. Uh, and we ended up getting a ticket and he told us a story about how since when we visited this tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, this island, how, how all these things changed. And to hear this kid's story about uh, how there had already been some strife between uh, this like military group that was there and the community. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, you know, after you left, like the whole town like came together and these like these three guards who were the guys who shut us down and arrested us, <laughs> basically, um, they all ended up getting fired from their jobs. And I mean, it was kind of gnarly to hear this. Yeah. But, and then the other thing is when we were there, uh, we were looking out and there was these like perfect waves breaking, like right outside this little town. And we're like, oh, do you guys ever, we actually had surf points with us. Yeah. Like, do you guys ever surf out here? They're like, what, you can't surf here, the water's cold. Like, what? No, no, no. Yeah. This right here is a perfect setup. Yeah. Like, cause these guys love to snowboard, but you can tell they sit, you know, they didn't have enough like activities yeah, things yeah. to do. And so we, since leaving there, followed these kids on Instagram and they ended up starting this whole like, uh, like Kirill's, uh, Krill's Club or Krill's Band, which you can see the last couple of years, like they all got these like old wetsuits and these old crappy boards and oh, wow. like go on little surf adventures now all over the place. It's, it's <laughs> That's incredible. Um, I'm so excited for this. Uh, last thing, I got to ask you about the music because I'm a huge Kishi Bashi fan. Yeah. Uh, how is it working with him on the score? What was what was the? Were, were, did you get any direction or was it just do you man and and, and have fun? <laughs> um, yeah, reaching out to him uh, and, and then hearing back uh, his excitement for it. Yeah. In fact, you know, he's actually uh, a snowboarder, makes it out a couple times every year. Oh, wow. Um, you know, he's, he's from Japan. I think he really appreciated uh, the Japan segment we had. And what's interesting is, is Kishi actually went to 
um, school for film score. Oh wow! Before he started off on his um, you know music career. Yeah, yeah. And never got the chance to apply it to to any film, and so I think he he took the opportunity serious, and man, he worked he worked his ass off on the project, and we tried to we tried to keep it as simple as like, Kishi man, you do you. Yeah. But inevitably, you know, working with. Uh, <laughs> Working with, uh, you know, an, a, a full editing crew that is constantly changing the length of segments. Yeah, of course. Changing the, the feel of them. Um, he was really patient, man. He, I was blown away because I feel like if I was in his shoes, I would have been pretty frustrated. But he, and he, he totally was super collaborative. Like, he checked his ego at the door and was really patient and ended up making the film so much better uh, for his input. Kishi was a huge was a huge help, man. Awesome. Uh, guys, I'm Nate Scott. This is Travis Rice. He's got a film coming out, the fourth phase, October 2nd uh, on Red Bull TV at 9 p.m. Um, and then October 3rd, it's on sale everywhere. Uh, get it. Um, if you can see it on a big screen, do that, because it's going to yes. be great. Uh, anything else going on? You got you excited? It's, you know, we're in New York, man. Got my <laughs> uncle coming out to the premiere tonight, so. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm stoked, man. Life awesome. is good. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching, and uh, check out the fourth phase.